0: Anyway, uh, we are looking at uh, the famous prayer today, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Last Sunday, we looked at the end of Luke chapter 10, a short story about Jesus, Mary, and Martha. Uh, Jesus gently rebuked Martha because Martha was so busy doing stuff that she forgot that the most important thing to do was to actually spend quality time with Jesus. Uh, It was a special time that Jesus visited them, and instead of spending time with Jesus, Martha was busy serving. As as a task-oriented person, I identify quite a bit with Martha. I am often distracted, anxious, and troubled. So it's a good reminder to make sure that the good things in life are not taking me away from the best thing, which is the relationship with Jesus himself. So it's not surprising, I guess, that Luke jumped right into prayer, talking about prayer in chapter 11. Uh, Communication, as we all know, is foundational when it comes to building any relationship so similarly prayer is foundational to our relationship with god because prayer is basically us communicating with god and and if you are a christian chances are you have prayed a lot in your life uh, as christians prayer must be as natural to us as breathing uh, and and i guess not only christians pray uh, the study also revealed that One in four atheists and agnostics pray on a regular basis, especially in times of personal crisis. And a 2014 study by Pew Research Center found similar results. 20% of those who were religiously unaffiliated said that they prayed daily. Now, let me ask you this though about prayer. If you are a Christian, if you are a Christian and your friend or your non Christian friend or someone in your life group, who has never prayed before and asked you this question, what is prayer? How do I pray? What do I say? What do I do? What do you say, how do you answer that? Or, or remember maybe the first time you learned how to pray. You know, you ask one of your Christian friends, you ask someone who brought you to Christ, you ask your uh, a group or a fellowship or youth fellowship friends that, you, 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 that invited you to church for the first time, and you ask, how do I pray? What did they say to you then? Chances are, chances are they said something like, just talk to God. Prayer is like talking to a friend. So just say whatever you want to say chances are you would say something like that right and and it's true it's true that prayer is like talking to a friend because when you are a christian jesus becomes your friend that's why we sing what a friend we have in jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to god in prayer but interestingly when the disciples ask jesus lord teach us to pray Jesus didn't say, just talk to God. It's like talking to a friend, just say anything. He didn't say that, did he? Now, I'm not saying that praying is not like talking to God as a friend. Don't get get me wrong. But at least, at the very least, it's worth thinking again what prayer is. What do we say? How do we pray? At least think about that. It's worth thinking it. And my hope is that today's passage will teach us a thing or two about the way we pray. And I hope that we will be encouraged to, at the very least, examine the way we pray and maybe even grow in our relationship with God. Okay. So three things we can learn from the passage. Again, when we want to dissect the Lord's prayer, there are so many things you can say. Uh, sermons after sermons have been uh, taught just on the Lord's Prayer. So definitely these three things that we can learn from this passage that I wanna talk about today is just one aspect of it, just simple aspect of it. But three things that I wanna highlight today is this. Pray humbly, pray simply, and pray boldly. So the passage begins with this. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when He finished, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, I find it interesting that disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Now, you might say, of course, Jesus prayed all the time. And you're not wrong, because if you read the Gospels, Jesus prayed a lot. When He was baptized, He prayed. When throughout His ministry, He maintained close connection with the Father. And at the end, close to His crucifixion, He also prayed. Even on the cross, He also prayed. But... The disciples were Jewish from a young age. Almost every Jewish kid would have gone through some religious education to help them read the Torah or to pray. Even if they were not particularly good or devoted Jews, they would have seen people pray all the time. So at least they knew what prayer was supposed to look like, was supposed to sound like. But still they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Which tells me one thing, that the way Jesus prayed was different, or at least rather different from how the religious people prayed at that time. What they learned about prayer as they grew up, somehow looked or felt quite different from how Jesus prayed. That's why in, in, the, in the book of Matthew, when Jesus taught them how to pray, the Lord's Prayer as well, in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus, Jesus said before He taught them, the Lord's prayer. He said, when you pray, don't pray like them, don't pray like them, don't pray like them. Instead, pray like this. That's why the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray because somehow the way Jesus prayed was a bit different. Now, that's why my first point is, I guess this, pray humbly. Pray humbly. If you call yourself a Christian, no doubt you know how to pray. No doubt you have prayed Countless times, your Sunday school teacher, your mentor, your, or the person who helped you to come to Christ has taught you how to pray. But I guess one thing that we can learn from this verse is that we must not think that we know everything about prayer. We must not think that we know everything about prayer. We must be humble and admit that there is always room to grow when it comes to prayer. You know, when I ask any Christian, how would you like to grow in your faith this year? You know, you always ask that kind of question in the beginning of the year, you know? And many people, many of the people that I know usually say, I would like to grow in this, in this, in this, and they usually include, I wanna, I wanna grow in my prayer life. I would say the same thing too. The question though is, how many of us actually do something about it? How many of us actually do something about it? Now, it's almost the end of the year now. Many of you have learned a new skill this year, right? Maybe some of you learned to make sourdough bread. Some of you learned to do pull-ups. Some of you learned to do training. got into social media for the first time. Maybe some of you read the whole Old Testament this year or learned a new way to tie your shoes. I don't know, just took a new hobby, anything. I trust you have done something for your personal development this year. But how many of us intentionally worked on our prayer life this year? If you did, Good on you, keep it up. But if we didn't, maybe in the coming year, do something about it. Just like the disciple says, Lord, teach us how to pray. Maybe we should ask God, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray and seek anything and seek anyone who can teach us to pray better. And there are many things you can do. If you like listening to podcasts, for example, find good contents to teach you about prayer. Almost any good Christian podcast will have episodes on prayer. Focus on the family, for example, has episodes how to pray as a family, how to pray for your spouse, how to pray for your children if you are parents. It's valuable. And podcasts by well-known pastors or theologians have got episodes on prayer as well. These are some of the podcasts that I'm listening to. Or if you like to read... There are some excellent books on prayer. Even if you don't like reading, I strongly recommend you start reading. It does so much for your spiritual growth. Read books like A Praying Life by Paul Miller. Too Busy Not to Pray by Bill Hybels. I know some of you love Bill Hybels. It's not kosher to mention his name these days. But anyway, the book is still valuable to read. Or Prayer by Tim Keller. Or Prayer by Philip Yancey. Or or any other good books out there about prayer. And of course, you can always read all the different prayers in the Bible. You can see how different people in the Bible pray, and you can always learn one thing or two about prayers. I specifically, I particularly like the prayer of Nehemiah in the book of Nehemiah chapter 1. It's amazing. So the posture of Lord teach us to pray is not just for new Christians. It is for everyone. So that's my first point. Pray humbly. Pray humbly. And talking about different prayers in the Bible, we will now look at one of the prayers, if not the most famous one in the Bible, the Lord's Prayer. And that leads, that leads us to my next point. Pray simply. Jesus then replied to the disciples, when you, when you pray, say, and then He gave them a version of what we know as the Lord's Prayer. If you look at the book of Matthew chapter 6, He gave another version which is about three lines longer. Now, if you're a Christian, you might be familiar with this. You know this and you have recited this many, many times. Uh, and and even, you, even if you are not a Christian, I trust that you have heard or you know about this prayer as well. Now, let me ask you, let me ask you, what strikes you about this prayer? What strikes you about this prayer? What do you notice about the Lord's prayer? Well, perhaps you can learn the order of the prayer. You know, you begin by adoring God first. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come you adore God first you impress upon your heart and mind who God really is and as you do that somehow your problems become small in comparison adoring God will put things in the proper perspectives start with that and I actually I encourage you to start with that in your prayer and then you ask for provisions and the lord's prayer also reminds us to confess our sins and not only confess our sins and reminds us to also forgive other people as well and finally, we ask God for strength to obey Him each day. So the Lord's Prayer, it's not a, it's not a bad format to use in your prayer. It, makes, it, it helps you to make sure that you adore God. There's a confession, there is thanksgiving, there is supplication, and there is also the confession. There's all these uh, components. It's not a bad format to use in your prayer. And it's not wrong to recite the Lord's Prayer in your prayer time. But I doubt though, I doubt Jesus is saying that this is the only way to pray. I doubt that. Because, well, the Bible is filled, filled with many prayers of the saints. They all pray quite differently. Even Jesus doesn't pray the same thing all the time. Remember when He was about to raise Lazarus, He quickly shot up a quick prayer to the Father. He didn't say, uh, hang on, uh, Father. No, He doesn't say that. He doesn't, Father, Father, hello, be there. No, He doesn't say that. He just say, Lord, I'm going to do this, and I shouldn't pray out loud, but I pray a lot for the benefit of the people that is about to hear this, that is about to see this. And they say, Lazarus, come out. That's it. And Lazarus came out. So I don't, think Las- I don't think Jesus is giving them a formula or a secret ingredients to prayer. There's no such thing as 11 secret herbs and spices to pray, right? Instead, what is striking to me about the Lord's oh. prayer is the simplicity of the prayer now imagine yourself in a disciple's shoes right or sandals huh? they have seen jesus pray many times and sometimes he went out and he went away and he prayed for quite a long time so when jesus says all right when you pray say now some disciples are ready with their pens and not books and matthew takes his ipad pro out because as a tax as an ex-tax collector he got money right so But then when he was about to write down, Jesus only gave them six lines, that's it. I could imagine them asking, six lines? That's it? So why were you always gone for so long? (laughs) You see, I guess Jesus uses his opportunity to tell them that prayer is not meant to be long and padded with unnecessary words. Prayer is meant to be simple. In fact, When Jesus taught the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter 6, He instructed the disciples quite explicitly not to pray long prayers in public and not to heap empty phrases in their prayer. So I believe Jesus' point is to to keep prayer simple. There's no need for big words, flair, dramatic linguistic prowess. It's that keep it simple and mean every word that you say. You know, when our family pray together, we take turns from the youngest to the oldest, and our youngest one usually prays a very simple prayer. Something like, Thank you, Lord, for today that I can go to school. Help us grow strong and healthy, humble and wise, living for your glory. Help my non Christian friends to believe in you and love you more. In Jesus' name, we pray, Amen. Or sometimes she said quickly, In Jesus' name, we pray, Amen. <laughs> very simple. Now, of course, I don't want her to repeat the same prayer for the rest of her life. As she matures in age and in faith, I trust and hope that she will praise God for more things and she will ask God for more things as well. But the point is still the same. We must keep our prayers simple. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that we can go to God haphazardly, right? You don't go to God, hey, what's up, Lord? You're your king, you're pogging. You know, you don't say that, right? Now, you know, I say pogging. You know, do you know what pogging means? I learned from my kids that pogging is a Gen-Z term for someone who performs something super well. So when you say you're pogging or you're on crack, <laughs> I know right? I know, the kids, my kids are all cringed at the moment. <laughs> That's a good thing about being a pastor, you can make your kids cringe all the time. That's why yesterday was my last step, my last day at step, because it's time for me to step out. <laughs> pogging is like, like awesome, you're doing super well, eh? you're, you're, you're awesome. They they teach me all this thing about this Gen Z term. And they're trolling me all the time. Anyway, there there you go. That's another Gen Z term anyway. Anyway, back to my point. We must not come to God haphazardly. After all, He is our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But at the same time, He is our Heavenly Father. He is our good Heavenly Father. You don't go to your earthly father saying, Daddy... Oh, my loving, merciful Daddy, if you wish, Daddy, I'll ask that you would kindly buy me KFC for dinner tonight. Oh, my gracious Daddy. You don't talk to your Father like that, right? Now, again, I'm not saying that if you pray like this, you're wrong. I'm not saying that at all. Again, He is not our earthly Father. He is our heavenly Father. Therefore, we cannot treat Him exactly like our earthly Father. However, it's always good to at least examine your prayer. Examine your prayer. Perhaps this week, be more conscious about what you say. Ask yourself, why do I pray certain ways? If needed, get someone to record you as you pray. And as you listen to it, as you listen to yourself pray, you'll be surprised by the things that you say, the words that you use, or or perhaps the phrases that you repeat mindlessly, out of habit. As you do that, my hope is that as you become more conscious of your prayer, you will learn to pray more simply, more simply, and you will mean every word that you say. Because prayer is not about impressing God with our big words. God is never impressed by amazing prayers. If God is impressed by amazing prayers, trust me, when I pray, and when Pastor Lau pray the other way, he will always turn to Pastor Lau. (laughs) Sorry Pastor Lau, anyway. (laughs) Because every time I hear Paslao prayer, it's like, wow, it's always amazing. Partly because I don't know mandarin, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> so prayer is it's not about impressing God with our big words. Prayer is about coming to God humbly and simply and expressing our total dependence on God. Which leads us now to the next point. Pray boldly. Pray boldly. Now after giving them the Lord's Prayer, Jesus tells them a simple parable about a friend who is asking for a favor from a friend at midnight. And the lesson is quite clear. Jesus encourages the disciples to pray and to pray boldly. You know what's interesting to me is this verse. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. The reason he gets up and gives him the bread is not that he is his friend. Being his friend is not enough. It's not a good enough reason for him to get up at midnight. But it's because of his impudence. You know, the same Greek word here translated as impudence can be translated as shamelessness. Shamelessness. The New International international Version Bible translates it this way. I like it. It says, I tell you, even though He will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus encourages the disciples to to pray with shameless audacity. Just ask, don't hold back or in asia we say don't say. <laughs> don't say with god just ask and he tells further like right he says i tell you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for anyone everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one to the one who knocks it will be open what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead of a fish give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion. So just ask. If you don't ask, you don't receive. Of course, it doesn't mean that God promises to answer all your prayers, right? Because if he does, the world will be chaotic. World Cup is happening now. There's only one country will win, right? There's only one country that will win. I pray for one country every World Cup and that country never wins. (laughs) I'm not telling you which country that I'm going for. So this is not God promises to answer all your prayers because this is one aspect of our prayer and God, the Bible teaches us many other aspects about prayer as well. But at the very least, God says you should ask. Don't hold back, don't be shy, don't, feel em- don't be embarrassed. But again, this verse doesn't say that the father will give the son the fish or the egg that he asked for, right? He simply says he will not give a serpent or a scorpion. So the promise here is not that God will give you exactly what you ask for. Instead, the promise is that God will listen and will respond to your prayers and will give you what's good for you. So don't assume that God will say no to your prayer. Don't assume that so easily. Instead, pray shamelessly with eager anticipation that God will respond to your prayers. Don't hold back. God is more than our friend. He is our heavenly father. He is much more generous than our earthly fathers. God is more generous than even the most generous earthly fathers. He loves to give us good gifts. He knows what's best for us and will provide us with more than we could ever imagine or think of. That's why in Ephesians 3 verse 20, Paul says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to, to the power at work within us now of course when 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 we say shameless audacity it's worth mentioning that this is not a license to be rude or to treat god as if he is the heavenly piñata whom we can whack selflessly to get all the candies that we want no because i know some christians pray as if god must do what they say father i claim Lord, I command you, No, that sentence, Lord, I command you, that just just doesn't make sense. Who is the Lord here, right? So I don't think shameless audacity means belittling or disrespecting God. That's one extreme. But I must admit that we can also end up on the other extreme. We are too guarded, we are too shy, we are too embarrassed to ask God for things. You know, Father, hi, (laughs) sorry, but is it okay to ask something? Just one thing, if you will. Only if it is according to your plan. Could you please help me with this? But Only if you will. If not, it's okay. Again, I'm sorry I have to ask. Sorry to trouble you, God. Amen. You know. No, now, I know the sentiment behind this. You don't want to presume upon God, which is good. You want to be polite because He is your King, yes. But at the same time, we should ask, do we pray like that because we doubt God? Are we guarded in our prayers because we lack faith in God? Do we hold back because we don't trust that God can and will bless us? The Bible is clear, of course, what we should not ask God for. We must not ask God to grant us something sinful. That's a no-no. But God also promises us to give many good things. In James chapter 1, for example, God promises to give wisdom to those who ask. So ask wisdom. I pray and ask for wisdom all the time. God also promises that He will sanctify us through his spirit so ask God to grow in in godliness all the time and even for those that are not 100% clear just ask God anyway he might not give you everything that you ask but God delights when we ask him boldly for big things it shows our trust and confidence in God's pra- in God's power it honors God. So pray boldly. Ask God for big things. Ask God for salvation of your friends. Ask God for salvation of your neighbors. Ask God for big things. So pray humbly, pray simply, and pray boldly. Let me now close with verse 13. Verse 13. Jesus, interestingly, he closed with this If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him now luke is the only one who record this it's quite interesting why suddenly he talked about the holy spirit of course because after this passage there is a bit of uh, there's a bit of uh, power encounter and that, that that's why luke emphasized the importance of the holy spirit but at the same time for us though for today i think we need to re- remember that as christians the best gift that god can give you is himself the best gift that God can give you is Himself, and He lives in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. The reason He can live in us, of course, is because of Jesus. We are sinners, we are filthy, we are wretched. There is no way God will take residence in our hearts. But Jesus' death on the cross took our place and made it possible for us to be forgiven, to be cleansed from our sins. And that's why when we put our trust in Jesus, we, when we decide to turn away from our sin, to turn away from, to turn, from away, to turn from our way and to turn to Jesus, we receive His forgiveness, we receive His righteousness, and therefore God gives us His Holy Spirit to live in us, to be the guarantee that we are indeed His children. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the best gift that you have is the Holy Spirit that gives you the assurance that you are children of God. And not only that, the Holy Spirit also transforms you for godliness and empowers you for ministry. And in terms of prayer, the Holy Spirit helps us in in our prayer whenever we are lost for words. I don't know about you, but many, many times when I'm stressed, when I'm facing challenges, I just sit down, I just say, God, you know, (laughs) that's it. I don't know what to say. But thank God for this, that likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Well, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Friends, if you call yourself a Christian, ask God daily to give you the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and He will give it to you. He will give it to you. The Holy Spirit is the best gift that God has given to us. And if you're not a Christian, friends, if you are not a Christian, I trust that God hears your prayers too. But before, before you ask Him for everything else, before you ask Him for everything else, the best thing you can ask God is Himself. The best thing you can ask God is for Him to be your Lord and your Savior. The best thing you can ask God is, God, I want you in my life that is the best thing you can ask of god when you ask god to be your god when you ask jesus to be your lord and savior he will give you the gift of the holy spirit you will become his children and god will become your father and when god is your father you have everything you have everything much more than you can ask or imagine so ask god pray humbly Pray simply and pray boldly, but the most abo- above all, pray for God's presence in your life. Let me pray and I'll take questions. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us how to pray. So many things we can learn, Lord, from the way Jesus t- teaches us to pray. Um, but I hope that a simple lesson today what we have learned will help us to pray better to increase, to improve our relationship with you. And we pray, Father, that we will grow in our dependence upon you. We will grow in our appreciation that you are our good Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.